Blog Talk Radio. For all the news you need to know, welcome to the Beautiful Butterfly Show, where great people and great topics are brought together for stimulating and thought-provoking conversation brought to you by the Vibration Radio Network. Welcome, everyone, to the Beautiful Butterfly Show. I'm your host, Bianca Fly. I want to say happy Thursday to you guys out there. I um, hope you're having a fantastic week thus far. It is winding down. But nevertheless, we got to keep moving and pushing uh, to make those things happen and get them done, nevertheless. And so tonight, you guys, uh, we are welcoming a special guest. We got Muhammad Shakur. He is in the building, and he's from... Um, he is the founder of Father's Heart and Legacy um, Empowerment Center. And so he's coming on, you guys, and we're going to delve into uh, quite a few topics. I'm excited about having him on tonight. And as always, the Beautiful Butterfly Radio Show is brought to you by YRN 1328. That means you're listening to a show that's being broadcast globally. So big shouts out to YRN 1328, you guys. And so tonight, uh, we're going to be asking some questions that many of you guys um, have talked about, discussed in one way or the other. Tonight, we're going to be talking about fatherhood, parenthood, marriage, you name it. And so if you're out there um, and at any time you have a question or a comment uh, for Muhammad, feel free to call in. The number is 347-326-9139 is the number, you guys. And so uh, what we're going to do is we're going to take a little commercial break, and then we're going to come back, and we're going to welcome our special guest, you guys, Muhammad Shakur, right here on the Beautiful Butterfly Show. Hey, everyone. It's me, Lisa, from the Conversations with Trent show, featuring, you guessed it, me. Be sure to tune in Friday night, 8 p.m. Central, 9 p.m. Eastern, as we strive to guide you to greater authentic living right here on your radio network, YRN 
And welcome back, everyone, to the Beautiful Butterfly Show. I'm your host, Bianca Fly. And as stated earlier, you guys, we got a special guest joining us this evening. We have the CEO and founder of Father's Heart and Legacy Empowerment Center, uh, Muhammad Shakur, joining us, you guys. And so what we're going to do is we're going to bring him in so he can tell you all about himself and more and get this conversation started. Uh, Muhammad, you there? Yes. Hey, hey, hey. What's happening? Welcome. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm having a great day. I tell you, man, it's, I feel like it's my birthday, but it's not. It's, it's been a fantastic day. <laughs> well, you can't be nothing but thankful for having one of those type of days. <laughs> yeah, I'm telling you. My, my wife took me out to lunch earlier. Hell, she paid for it. That was fantastic, man. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> Absolutely incredible. And so uh, for the folks out here uh, who this may be their first time uh, being introduced to you, tell them a little bit about yourself and, and what it is that you do. Well, I am the founder of an organization called Father's Heart and Legacy Empowerment Center, Father's Heart and Legacy for short. Um, this program uh, is about empowering fathers to reach their goals of fatherhood, which happens to be mm-hmm. uh, raising an empowered family, um, promoting good fatherhood concepts. Um, what I do to get the money, <laughs> I have contracts <laughs> with uh, numerous agencies throughout the Delaware Valley that I do services for. One of the agencies I do services for is, is that I empower the men through foster care. Okay. Men that have children in the foster care, I hold, uh-huh. I hold classes with them and give them the support that they need to position themselves to get their children out of foster care. Oh, wonderful. Uh, that's wonderful. One of the, yes. Um, I think one of the things that I want to mention really uh, that's really important is the awareness of fatherhood. That's, I think, the greatest thing that I've been blessed to do is to propagate the awareness of fatherhood and the significance of fatherhood. And I think that's what my organization is about. Significance is a big word because fatherhood, at least with black men, men of color, (laughs) Mm -hmm. has been reduced to being so insignificant. So um, that's the biggest uh, probably task that I have in the career that I have. Um, I used to be a vice president with another major fatherhood organization, um, but when that ended, I went on to start my own organization, and that's what I've been doing for the last four years. Awesome, awesome. And I'm glad that you actually mentioned that when it comes to uh, the African-American community, especially um, fathers being looked at as being insignificant. And I've read many articles, which I'm pretty sure you have had as well, and read conversations about how a lot of our black fathers are non-existent. You know, they're non-existent in the home. They're non-existent uh, when it comes to being involved in their children's life. What what comes to mind when you hear people having these type of conversations or share this information? Well, <clears throat> I'm, I'm glad you said it that way because I'm, I'm going to kindly 
contradict <laughs> a little bit of it. Look, I knew you were going to come with another angle, so I, I'm yeah. prepared. I'm prepared. <laughs> yeah. I know you did your homework. So, so it's not, it's not, it's, it's the conversation doesn't take place enough. See, that's that's yeah. the whole depowering of okay. men of colors tasked with becoming good fathers is that we don't talk about it enough. We don't even talk Absolutely. about it enough in kind settings like church, the right. masjid, right. Uh, right. you know, empower, we, people just don't want to have the conversation. And, and one of the reasons mm-hmm. why is not, I don't necessarily think that they don't care. I think that mm-hmm. it's been reduced to not being significant is because it's painful. <clears throat> it's painful for people to speak about how their fathers have been reduced to nothingness right. when it comes to the relationship that they've had with them. I, I think about, right. you know, it's funny. My, my, my children ask me about their father, about my father all the time. Mm-hmm. And, you know, in the beginning, I used to kind of like not make excuses up for him, but try to talk in terms of describing him in the best. But the reality right. of it is, is that one day my eight-year-old said, well, dad, you know, if he's like that, why how come he ain't coming around? <laughs> and I really had to tell, <laughs> you know, cause kids, you know, they put you on the front exactly. line, man. Exactly. So I, I had to tell him the truth that, you know, he, 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 he makes the choice not to come around. And that's, that's mm-hmm. really the reality of a lot of men of color for a lot of different, in their minds, a lot of different reasons. But what it boils down to is that significance is, really empowered most by them because they choose not to come around. They choose not to get involved or they choose to get involved to a certain degree or they get involved with behavior that the mothers and the children wish they wasn't involved. So I think that what I try to do, my wife tries to do, um, other organizations that are out there try to do is keep the conversation going about father. Because one more point before we move on is, is that, uh-huh. you know, the problem with, and again, it's, I don't want this to sound racist, so I'm going to be clear about that disclaimer right away. <laughs> the problem with black America and white America is that they don't want to have a honest conversation about how we got to 2017. And how we got mm-hmm. here from both angles is many different tragic, uh, depowering, oppressive obstacles, <laughs> actions by people that have produced a product, unfortunately, that has given in to not giving a damn about his children. Right. Not all of us, because I know some right. men are, they got knives at my throat right now saying, we ain't all like that. And we <laughs> certainly not, most of us are not like that. I'll say that much. But there's too many of us that are like that, that we can't excuse it as a little problem like some people try to reduce it to. Wow. When it comes to this, and you, and you mentioned the fact that a lot of us are not having this conversation um, as mm-hmm. often. Why do you think that is? Why why is it that we can take that, you know, responsibility and say, okay, let, let's have this conversation about maybe how our father wasn't as involved in our life as, as, as he should have been or, you know, where is he and so forth. Why do you think that we're afraid to have those conversations? Because I know I've heard those conversations amongst women, you know, sitting around mm. like, girl, he just – 
he he don't come around. You know, he don't want he don't want to be involved in and all this and that and the third. And so why is it as a whole? Because now you have it to where even families, you know, the the outer families don't even want to get involved. They may know that the father's not doing all that he can, but they never say anything. Why are we afraid to have that discussion? Well, I mean, it, it, and again, it, it it depends on who you're talking about. Like you mentioned right. that women will, you know, have conversations like, you know, child, mm-hmm. he, he ain't doing nothing. He don't come around. <laughs> right. <laughs> but, and right. children have, have a different conversation. Right. Their questions would be like, how come he don't come around? You know, because right. they're seeking answers. Right. They're not, they're not necessarily giving a status report on what he's doing. They like, yo, how come he ain't coming around? What can we do to get him here? Mm-hmm. And then if you talk mm-hmm. with men, men will start to have a conversation about, well, I would want to be there, but, you know, this right. this is in my way. This is in my way. Right. So I, I think that what it boils down to in all three of those conversations <clears throat> the crossroad that people have to come to and then what I had to come to with my own father and with my own children is, is that I got to believe that a couple of things about the conversation. One is going to be painful, but mm-hmm. there's some promise healing. Mm-hmm. See, if I just say, this is going to be some painful stuff. I promised my wife I wouldn't cuss. If this is going to be some <laughs> painful, <laughs> if this is going to be some painful stuff and people stop there, but it's going to be some painful stuff, but we can heal. We can move mm-hmm. forward. But it all starts with a conversation. The second thing is, is that a lot of people don't know what to do. Right. <laughs> they don't, right. they do not know what to do when it comes to reuniting fathers with their children, being kind and working with the mothers, the mothers. Nope. Don't burn me up. Sisters, sisters working with fathers. This is a, a lot of sisters that I counsel. They have a tough time with this piece. You know right. what I'm saying? The third thing, and most importantly, is I think, and again, <laughs> I know we say we love our children, but if we love our children like that, then how come we're not sacrificing our own personal issues for the best of them? And then that conversation will happen automatically. But a lot of times we put, I'm, I'm guilty of this. I'm, I'm, not, I'm speaking from failure and success. And, right. and a lot of times the mother of my children and I have put our own personal issues first about what we think about each other instead of the welfare of our children. Right. <clears throat> this is why this conversation right. can't take place because we'll start talking stuff about us. <laughs> and instead of, instead of saying, well, listen, you bring the best of you, I'll bring the best of right. me. Let's try to work this thing out so our ch- our children benefit from it. And a lot right. of times we be good intended people, mm-hmm. but we be acting like we're not well intended people. Right. If you caught that. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I, I think that I think that one of the ways that we could start having this conversation is to at least show up. And I know there's some fear there involved, but at least show up to these conversations and sit through them. See what we got. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> See what happens. You know what I'm saying? And they're going to be tough, but at least both parties are showing up. And at least the brothers are showing up. See, women will show up. The brothers, right. 
it's a little bit more difficult for us to show up. So if any brothers that are listening, I'm sure that you are because you got a hot ass show. But <laughs> so if the, when the brothers that's listening, if you're going through that, and if you're not, show up, show up. Right. Absolutely. And I'm going to go ahead and, and share this question that we have from a listener now. Her name is Marion uh, from Dallas, Texas. She says, um, every time I try Hi. to have, <laughs> have a conversation with uh, the father of my children about the importance of him being around, he always brings up what he does financially for the kids. We can never have a, a conversation about other aspects on how he should be there to support them in other ways. How do we get past this and have a conversation about how he's needed more in their lives versus what he does and brings materialistically? Well, I'm going to set the stage for how many times you should have a conversation <laughs> until, you yeah. can't run, until you can't run out of numbers. <laughs> if you might say, well, I get tired of talking to him. You get tired right. of talking to him, and at the end of you tired of talking to him, your kids might suffer. No, you'll mm-hmm. keep talking. You mm-hmm. see what I'm saying? So, and that's both parties, right. not just the sister. So, right. you got to set your mind about you'll keep having this conversation because at the end of the day, your kids will benefit from it. And I know mm-hmm. people are going to say, I shouldn't have to keep talking to him. I'm sure you shouldn't. But it's not mm-hmm. about what you shouldn't have to do, it's about what you must right. do. Right. The other thing is, is that. A lot of times, and again, I hope sisters don't get upset about, well, I shouldn't have to talk to y'all special. Well, we special. (laughs) Men are special. (laughs) I love you, brothers. Listen, my wife will tell you, I love my husband, but his ass is special. (laughs) And I don't get upset about it because I know I'm special. Listen, I come from a special-ass history that's got some good stuff in it. And a lot of bad stuff in it. So that's what makes me special. So right. you got to go at special people <laughs> in a way <laughs> where you talk, you ask, not demand. You present certain scenarios that will benefit him and benefit your children. Mm-hmm. You know, if my, my mm-hmm. wife is very strategic in how she talks to me. Yeah. And I know this is going to get upset at me, but Maturity calls for you to communicate in a way to get results, not communicate in a way for people just to hear you. Because he's going to say, I heard you. And if you Mm -hmm. stop there, then you won't get what you want. So you got to look at the outcomes. The outcome is that I need to get more from my children. What do I need to do in order to get that in this conversation? How many questions do I need to pose him? And this, is, this conversation may have to take place over two weeks, three weeks, a year, a month, or whatever. My sister's going to get be upset with me. You keep trying because every day that a father is not involved in a child's life, that hole in their gut continues to grow. And you might say, you shouldn't have to do this. And I agree, you shouldn't have to do it. But what else do you have? You know, because we can't see it so often about... You know, people well, you know, my or whatnot, and how can you really affects them in the neighborhood and affects how they operate with people, how they develop relationships. 
like we hear that oftentimes about you know that missing that missing factor. You Bianca, you breaking up, and I actually I can't even hear you anymore. Can you still Hello? hear me now? I can hear you now. Okay. Uh, let me, we're going to check the microphones, and so we're going to go to commercial, but then we'll come right back and continue, okay? Yeah, you're sounding good now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, now you can hear me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, wow, okay. Yes, so what I, what I was saying is that we hear that oftentimes a lot about how people, when they become adults, they talk about, you know, the lack of the parent being around and how it's affected them and how they develop relationships with people or lack thereof. So we see what happens when there's that missing factor with people. Yeah, I mean, you know, the, I, I, the, the thing is that a lot of times, now you got to ask people what they want. Like, mm-hmm. it's, the good question for the sisters to ask him is, what do you want to give to your child? If he says, I only want to give money, then you got to be like my Angela. When my Angela says, when a person says who they are, believe them. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so if, absolutely. He, if he says, if he says I only want to give up money, and that's fine, I I wouldn't break out into a bru- a brutal you ain't a sack of you know what. I would mm-hmm. ask him, do you think that's all you need to give? Do you think that mm-hmm. your son or your daughter could benefit from from some other things? And if he says, well, I don't know what that is, then simply educate him. You know what I'm saying? And again, I'm not, I don't want to imply that these conversations are so simplistic and calm as I'm putting it, because I didn't been blazing, and, sh- and my, the mother of my children, we haven't been blazing at each other. And it never <laughs> helped when we did that. <laughs> right. Never helped when right. you're blazing. But what I do think, and, and you know, see, I, I have an advantage, even though this is going to sound a little distorted, but I have an advantage that other people don't have. My son was murdered when he was 20. Every oh, wow. time I want to get out of pocket, every time I want to get out of pocket and start talking out the side of my neck with the mother of my children, the yeah. first person comes in my mind is him. It's wow. like, you going to work this out for our sake? Or one of the results of you not working it out could be jails, institutions, dysfunction, or ultimately death. And my right. son died, and, and I'm just being honest about it. One of the things mm-hmm. that my son didn't like he didn't like when his mother and I saw things differently and got nasty about it. That's one of the things that hurt yeah. his heart. Yeah. So, so, and, and even though he had gotten his life together, he was going straight and all that kind of stuff like that. But when you don't do what's necessary for your children, they go other places to get it. Children ain't going to the streets right. because they want to be just criminals and all that kind of stuff like that. That's what right. we say. Right. They right. go, the first thing they go to the streets to find is love. And then they, they classify it as the love that I'm not getting where? Home. Mm-hmm. And I don't mm-hmm. care what I think about it. And right. yeah, it'd be some things that are not really love things, but you can't tell them that. They're looking for love. So here it is, right. you and I acting like warriors and, and to, the, to the death battle, and your kids sitting back saying, I, I got to go somewhere else to get this love. Because these folks here, they claim they didn't mind my mom my dad, but these folks ain't acting love, and I got to go somewhere else. So it it, mm-hmm. it literally cost my son his life. So I'm a, I'm a really, I remember that pain. I don't forget it. And I try, because my wife will tell you, I know how to get out of pocket. 
I try to keep myself in pocket when it comes to cooperating and not going back and producing another kid that feels like he can't come home to his mom and his dad. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and this right here is a perfect question uh, coming from Derek um, out of Atlanta. <clears throat> he says he struggles uh, to keep his son out of the streets. No matter how often I talk to him about what negative aspects will come from him being out in the streets. He still believes that's where he needs to be because of the people that he chooses to associate with. How do I get him to realize what he's losing by being out in the streets and not following my advice? So, so Mohammed, what, what do you say to those parents who they are struggling to keep their children, you know, at home versus, being on the same in on the wrong neighborhood or being on the wrong street or hanging with the wrong crowd, how do they, you know, repair that relationship or or, you know, what do they say to them to keep them from going back and forth? Well, I appreciate the question. I mean, it's a wonderful question, and mm-hmm. uh, you know, the, the the brothers obviously listening, and much love to you, and and I can appreciate your struggle. Uh, and I already said I love you, so you won't mean you won't think I'm saying anything off the cuff to you about what I'm about to say. But stop giving advice. <laughs> Number one, uh, stop giving okay. advice. Stop talking so much and do more listening. Mm. All right. Okay. So what I what I mean by that is is that start asking questions instead of giving instructions. The questions are, let me give you three questions that I ask my son. What is it that you want to get out of the streets? What mm-hmm. is it that you want to get? Because, listen, as, as soon as we know that, maybe instead of the streets, we can go somewhere else and get it. You want right. you want money? You want money? Okay, we can go somewhere else and get money. You want, right. and this is my conversation with him, you want some ass? You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Well, I can't mm-hmm. get you no ass. But, <laughs> right. but I used to tell him, listen, you can, you can right. probably go to better places and get some ass. Or right. you want, what, what is it that you want out of the streets? And then mm-hmm. as fathers, we find it's difficult, then we need to listen. <clears throat> mm-hmm. We need to listen. What is it that you want out of the streets? What mm-hmm. can I do to help you feel like what you want to do is necessary, and how can I help you achieve that? Mm-hmm. See, that's a different conversation. That ain't just a right. conversation. Because, you know, again, I ain't bragging on myself, but I was a monster out there, a savage. Mm-hmm. My son wasn't half the savage as I was when I was out there. I hadn't done a lot of nasty-ass things to people, places, and things. Right. But when I talk to my sons, even now, I got an 8-year-old and a 12-year-old, you know, I might mention in passing to qualify myself that, listen, I've been out there, right? But my question is more about what you want. So to the brother, I say, ask him what he wants. Mm -hmm. And then at the end of the day, know that I'm sure you're talking to him in a loving and caring way. I'm sure you're talking to him in a firm way. I'm sure you're talking to him in a language that he understands as a son. But at the end of the day, I find out there's no right. guarantees you can make him get off those streets. They got to want to do it for themselves. Right. There's no guarantee. And listen, right. that's hurtful. That's, 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 that's devastatingly hurtful because you don't want him to die. And yeah. see, I used to, I used to drive around looking for him. You know mm. what I'm saying? Wow. 
you know, so I used to drive around looking for him at night. So mm. I didn't want anything to happen to him. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Yeah. So I know how difficult it can be. Mm-hmm. But I learned that there mm-hmm. are no guarantees because God has his plan and I got mine and mine didn't match up. You know what I mean? <laughs> mine yeah. was like you. You know what I mean? Let's let's let him rot out all this and, and God's plan wasn't the same. So so yeah. so so he has to prepare himself to be able to live with both outcomes. Either he'll lead the streets and live successfully like you want him to, mm-hmm. or he might die or be out there living like the dead for as long as he wants to. And you got to love him in spite of that. Absolutely. 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 Muhammad, oftentimes um, I've heard a lot of parents um, talk about, um, you know, the upbringing, you know, well, we wasn't brought up like that back in the day and things were different back in the day. What type of, how conversations are you having with your young men in, in at this day and age in 2017 what kind of you know conversations um are you guys having um that may have been very different from versus conversations that you might have had in your upbringing and other people have had in theirs as well you know the, the funny thing about that statement is is that that statement holds so much uh righteousness you understand what i'm mm-hmm. saying like we, that's mm-hmm. where our that's where our heritage is built from. And then right. the other side of it is, is that it holds so much hypocrisy because yeah. <laughs> we sometimes <Very> try to, <laughs> we sometimes try to paint a picture like certain things didn't exist during our time. Right. Fatherlessness, right. fatherlessness has been at its height since mm-hmm. the sixties, since King right. died. Right. And in the late sixties, started from there, then to mean that it didn't exist from there. Because, you know, the slave masters, that was their whole thing. Break the father, remove him out the family. You know what I mean? But black families managed to get through that. I think from the 70s on up is where we started to have problems with fathers staying in the picture at all costs. So mm-hmm. I think that what I what I teach brothers in my classes and, and in my interactions with them is to go back in the past and read as many stories, as many blueprints, because we keep saying this stuff ain't no blueprints. I, 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 my, my life is not built off of that. There are blueprints. They just small, and they just all over the place, and they have <laughs> people's stories on right. how you can live successfully in this time and age, even though the circumstances are different. And a lot mm-hmm. of young people like to get you off, like, you know, it ain't like it is like it was back in the day. Right. It's sure the hell ain't. Right. It ain't. <laughs> A cat ain't got no whip. You ain't picking no cotton. You know what I'm saying? You ain't got no dogs on you or water hoses. Right. You're right. It's a lot different. But right. the children of today, the fathers of today, people that, they have their own struggles. So I think that the number one point, that I'm, without ranting, because I feel like I'm ranting, but the number one point I think that brothers need to realize, especially the younger ones, is, is that right. you will find strength in your history. Mm. You'll find strength in that. You'll find right. example in your history on what to do uh, as a man trying to grow into fatherhood, trying to grow into husbandhood, <laughs> trying to grow into friendship in a in a way that's healthy, you know, not destructive. 
and you know, I I, I want to say this too is it's easy to appreciate mothers more than fathers when it comes to this kind of conversations because sisters have been the backbone of how families have stayed together throughout history since we came to this country. Absolutely. And 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 because mothers have sacrificed so much for the well-being of their children, there's no doubt in the world that mothers would be thought of first. But when you take a closer look, though, when you take a closer look at our heritage and our past, you will see that fathers have ensured the stability of our families. You'll find that, mm-hmm. even though a lot of people don't think so. And they worked to find that 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 niche that cracked in the system to establish spirituality in our families, to establish good emotionality, to to establish the finances. You know, a lot of them ain't rich. I ain't rich, but we live. We live well. We live much better than a lot of people live. So I, I think that we need brothers to know that you need to become self-educated. Right. You got to become self-educated. You can't be ignorant and be a father. Mm. That's dangerous. Because you're going right. to gonna have, if you're ignorant as a father, and I don't mean ignorance how we be saying it to each other. We, we get mad at each other. We say, you just ignorant. Now, I don't mean that. <laughs> I mean, ignorance really at its base means not right. to know. Right. But arrogant ignorance means you don't want to know. So mm-hmm. you got to be careful that you're not walking around arrogantly being ignorant that you don't want to know about things that establishes fatherhood. And we live in a right. time now, look, look what we're doing right now. We on phones talking on a show that ain't <laughs> got no cameras and all. This is impossible stuff. <laughs> so it's, it's, it's impossible for you not to get the information you need to be an educated father. Be an educated man. You can go right on the internet and pull up a thousand articles that tell you tell you how to be better. So I'm mm-hmm. I'm I'm a I'm a conclude on this point by saying the problem is that we choose an ignorance over education. Education, yeah, absolutely. And uh, a little while ago. Uh, Muhammad uh, mentioned um, marriage and and, and 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 being a husband, and so we're gonna get into that um, as well uh, this evening, you guys. And so if you're just joining us, we are on with Muhammad Shakur, you guys, and uh, he is on. And we're gonna uh, continue this conversation. We're gonna take a little break, but we're gonna come back with more. And don't forget, if you have a question or a comment, uh, feel free to inbox me um, on Facebook. Bianca Fly, or you can call in. The number is 347-326-9139 is the number, and all you have to press is 1 to join us on the line. And so what we're going to do, we're going to take a little break, but we're going to come back and we're going to get into the topic of marriage, you guys. And so we'll be right back with more right here on the Beautiful Butterfly Show. Hey, everybody. How y'all doing? This is Lyrics Brown, author of the Law to the Hustle series 1 and 2. Also author of The Devil's Calling, Car 1, 2, and 3, all available on Amazon. And when I'm not writing, I'm listening to Bianca Fly here on The Beautiful Butterfly Show. Y'all be easy. Blue jeans, pants. 
bringing down to your knees. Ghetto uniforms. Let me ask you a question. What team do you play for? Playing the position of defense all because of the offenses that were done against you. But you see, your willingness to conform to an outfit that signifies a behavior that doesn't belong to you classifies your need to take part in an assembly whose sole purpose by this society has been classified as weak simply because the outfit is not unique. White tees, blue jeans, pants hanging down to your knees. This look gives your teammates a bad name. Stereotypical fashion that is seen on TV. All it's missing is your jersey number, a.k.a. your digits, and seven or more may explain the crucial piece in life that you as a team member have been missing. Because statistics say that one in every three black men will be sent to the state. 59% of brothers will be charged with a drug case. And 29% of black men will be convicted of rape. Let's not even talk about the brothers that go falsely accused. All because of the outfit they subconsciously choose. Y'all might as well put on your county blues. Young men, do me a favor. Please stop being fools. It's hard enough out here in these streets just being you. The complexion of your skin makes it hard for you to win. And if you lose, so do we. Because there are already too many brown babies being born and not and not enough whole unit families. And I, I as a mother, I write this piece as a play because you and your life, believe it or not, it matters to me. And ghetto uniforms, they're way too recognizable out here in these streets. Especially when the gang roster say that every young black man just joined the team. White tees, blue jeans, pants hanging down to your knees. Ghetto uniform. Take them off. Please. And welcome back, everyone, to the beautiful Butterfly Show. I'm your host, Bianca Fly. And uh, that last piece entitled uh, Ghetto Uniforms was by Poet Floetic Flo Malone, you guys. So definitely go and check her out on Facebook uh, and go check out her um, poetry CD entitled Poetic Flow, you guys. And so we are on this evening uh, with Muhammad Shakur. He is the founder and CEO of um Fathers, a father's heart and legacy empowerment center. And so he is on tonight, you guys. And so we are going to delve into our next subject of this evening, you guys, which is marriage. And so Muhammad, um, when it comes to marriage, <laughs> um, and I, I have to tell you, um, and because I'm, I'm a big fan of Muhammad's wife as well, because she, uh, she moved you guys, I don't think I've ever seen like works and The mic is going crazy again. Okay, can you hear me now? I can hear you now. Okay, uh, but yeah, I have to give kudos uh, to his wife Sheena, uh, an awesome, awesome lady. Uh, she yeah. is just phenomenal, and always doing great things, and I just love to see you guys. Uh, continuing to support one another in your endeavors. Oftentimes she's posting that you're at the women's event, you supporting her, you, you got her back. And uh, it's just beautiful to see. I wanted to ask you, what do you believe um, helps hold the foundation for you guys 
marriage? Mm. Well, that's a good question. <laughs> well, first, <laughs> well, first, thank you. I, I appreciate all that you just said. I mean, my wife, without question, is is, is a phenomenal person. Is I always tell people, and it ain't just a line for me. Without question, the greatest woman I ever met, besides my mama. <laughs> so that I throw that mama disclaimer out there, so my mama don't call in and blaze. <laughs> but I think I think uh, probably the greatest thing that we have done and we continue to do, and it is a struggle, mm-hmm. is to continue to have two things in one statement: our spirituality and our personal development as number one part. Mm-hmm. Number one, we develop in our relationship with our creator because even when you don't want to be married, even if you start having those feelings, even if you acting in a way that is contrary to marriage, mm-hmm. he will kind of give you things that you need when you don't even expect them and want them. So that spirituality, mm-hmm. you got to continue to build that. You got to continue to practice that. You got to, continue to pour into that, as people say. Mm-hmm. But it don't help if you all spiritual and you all crazy. <laughs> <laughs> so, so the two can't the reside side, in the same place. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so the other side of it is, is that it's good with that spirituality, but you got to develop yourself, man. And you got you to gotta, listen. You got to put that thing as a number one priority. And you got to do the things that are necessary to continue to develop both of those things. You got to read books. You got you got to be honest about your issues going in because everybody got them. You got to be honest about the issues. Cause my wife and I have been married for almost ten years, and issues have developed over the years. <laughs> so you got to be honest when issues arise. And I and my wife knows we got to saying when enemies show up on the set, we got to destroy them. And enemies mm-hmm. will be anything that breaks that union. And I ain't talking about other people because that'd be secondary things. I'm talking about the inner workings of your family life, your marriage. That's that's normally what break people up. It's other. I know people said uh, cheating and other people and all that. No, it's the inner walls of your marriage which break down, let outside influences in, and then it's completely destroyed. So those two things are major. We without a, without those two. You don't have a fighting chance. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, uh, Muhammad, we have a question from Deborah uh, from California. Hey, Deborah. <laughs> she wants to know she says, when you have kids, um, communication and intimacy seems to diminish at times. What ways can me and my husband work to rebuild our marriage? Because it seems since the kids um, have become in the picture, uh, we no longer do the things that we used to do and no longer respond to each other in the manner in which we used to as well. Well, Deborah, that is a really good question. (laughs) I'm laughing because, listen, man, when you got children, listen, 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 listen. I'm going to say this real quick because I know we ain't got all, we ain't got two hours at this thing, but listen now. My son, my my eight-year-old, for five Mm -hmm. years of his life, 
this cat up in the same bed with us. You hear me? We could not get this cat out of our bed. He would not move. It took me having a heart attack for him to get out of our oh, bed. No. I, I, oh, oh no. my God. And he ain't to blame for that. I, I, you know, it's the long story right, about the heart right. attack. But, right. but I had a heart attack, and then I came home from the hospital, and uh, my wife wouldn't let him back in the bed. And, he, you know, he wanted Daddy to get better and stuff like that. He said, okay, Daddy, right. I'll go in the other room, you know. So, so <laughs> but you got but you, listen now, even when he was in there, my wife and I would be creative. You listen, mm-hmm. now, now I ain't being perverted. I love you, sis, so right, don't take this the right. wrong way. Just being real. Listen, just being real. You, yeah. you, got, you, got, you got to have quiet sex. It just got to be passionate mm-hmm. and quiet. Right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> you you got to be on the floor. We talk about wanting to do it on the floor anyway. So you got to be on the floor. You know, just don't get too many burns and all that, but you got to have quiet, passionate You know, when, when they wake mm-hmm. up, you got to stop. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? You, you gotta you you gotta test out other areas of the house. Right, right, true. <laughs> put them put put in bed early, make them go to bed. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Turn the music on. You know what I mean? You gotta find creative ways to still get right. it done. Right. You can't blame right. each other. You can't right. you can't blaming each other is bad. Don't blame each other. Come up with ways to get it done. But know that we hit those kind of low low activity times in our marriage where we just right. focusing on moving the family forward, money, mm-hmm. your businesses, your job. And sometimes romance uh kind of gets at the back of the door. Right. My right. my experience is is that when that happens to my wife and I, we just reaffirm our excitement and romance to right. each other. We just, we just went away a couple of days. Our kids called us every five damn minutes. You hear me? <laughs> oh, my God. They called us every five daggone seconds. My wife, you know, <laughs> but my wife and I, we said we are determined to have yeah. a good time. I said, honey, stop answering that daggone phone. If it's an emergency, she will text and say, this is an emergency, then we will call. But, right. you know, you gotta you gotta make time Absolutely. for each other. Absolutely. You gotta make time for each other. Absolutely. Well said. Well said. And of course, uh, with you uh, being the founder of a Father's Heart and Legacy, Muhammad, what kind, what kind of legacy do you want to leave for your children and your children's children? Uh, what kind of legacy do you want to leave? Man, you're just hitting us off with all the great questions, I tell you, man. Oh, huh. you. <laughs> one of the reasons why, I, you know, my wife and I uh, came, well, actually, you know what? My wife and I didn't even come up with that name. Who came up with the name? My daughter said it one day. She said okay. it, you used the the, the uh, term heart and legacy in what she was saying. And because of that, we played with it a little bit, and then we came up with the name Hearts, uh, Father's Heart and Legacy. But mm-hmm. I, the kind of legacy that I often talk about to my wife and I often try to live is the one that I'm alive to show my kids. Mm-hmm. That's number one. I want a living right. legacy first and foremost. I want a legacy that my children can benefit while I'm here. Cause a lot of times we put legacy at death. I don't, I don't think we should do that. Mm-hmm. I think that we should, 
have be a living legacy, and our children right. will be able to benefit more from us being here than Absolutely. us not being here. And oh, that legacy, that legacy should be number one, an education about how to be a good person. That's number one on the list. Because see, there's mm-hmm. a lot of people. And again, no, no offense to education. I, education is crucial, without question. Right. I'm talking about secular education. Right. But it's not more important the education you you gonna get about self, because you can be mm-hmm. a person with a bachelor's, master's degree. Shucks, hell, most of my students, not most, but more than half of them that had degrees, mm-hmm. used to like to hit on women. Mm-hmm. Did you catch that? They yep. were abusers. They was a cra- yep. crazy as all outdoors. So their education by itself didn't save them from their bad character. So mm-hmm. the legacy that I often try to, my wife and I both, not by myself, definitely, my wife is 20 times stronger in this than I am, is, is that we try to give our kids an education about being good people, being mm. educated and intelligent people. Right. And then the other thing I think is important to mention is, is that they make an impact in the world. You know, people that contribute more to the world are happier people, are happier people. So, you know, a lot of times when we try to, you know, you hear people say it all the time. I, you know, I'm just trying to stay to myself. I'm just trying to stick to my family. And that isolation kind of breeds practices uh, that you can't benefit from. So you got to be careful of that. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Really, when you show your kids the world, then they can themselves see the legacy in what you do. Because you show them the world. You know, we, we're going to take our kids to China. You know, I'm a Muslim, so... We, my, my daughter in, in about two years is going to go on Hodge with us before, you know, she goes off to college. You know, we didn't been to Disney World. You know, we, we're about to go to the beach in, in, in a couple of weeks after my wife's event <clears throat> is over on a, um, November 14th. So you got to show your kids the world because if you wait until they get grown to see the world, they can be a little mm. overwhelmed. So, so that's the kind of legacy I, I, I want to leave for my children. You know what I mean? Is to educate them. So they can have a good life, you know what I mean? Because you don't want them to be sad and saying, well, damn, my parents ain't teach me nothing about life. Right, right. Absolutely, absolutely. And when it comes to, and I wanted to ask this question, um, is there a difference between raising, you have your boys in the house and then you have your daughter, is there a difference um, in the way parents should operate when they versus when they're communicating with their sons, then versus when they're communicating with their daughters, should there be a difference or is there a difference? First of all, let me, let me tell you, that has been a hard lesson for me. (laughs) (laughs) Sometimes man, I put on the one shoe fits all thing, boy. Oh my God. And my wife has to remind me that is your baby girl. Right. You can't talk to her. Like you right. talk to them two hard heads upstairs. <laughs> <laughs> so that was a hard lesson I had to learn. And right. the thing is, is that when you teach people at a younger age and, you know, when they get older, they can learn it too. But, right. uh, you know, I often tell people I'm teaching, come in my classroom, sit down and, and think of yourself as a child, because then I know you'll learn. But if you keep trying mm-hmm. to be the adult you are, I know your your half of your mind is cut the hell off. So, Think of yourself as a child, you'll learn something. Then that's not the insult because children are curious. They want to learn all right. the time. 
adults, we think sometimes we've learned all we need to learn. But but the thing is, is that I've learned to, and I'm learning, and I'm practicing <laughs> with failure and success to be much more of a smoother, softer dad with my daughters and my mm-hmm. sons, but more mm-hmm. so, more so with my daughters, and you know, be firm without being abusive with my son. Because mm. this is the thing, this last point about that, especially with daughters. Right. If you talk to them like they shit, then they might grow up and start picking men that talk to them like mm. they shit. Mm-hmm. So you got to mm-hmm. be careful of that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And my wife is constantly reminding me, is yes. that that is your baby girl. You know, you got to be soft. You know, you got to be patient with her. Things like that, because you know, I I can like listen. You know, do this, do that. You know, get over there. Do this, you know, I'm tripping. You know, what I mean? you know. So I've had to learn to communicate wisely, right? Wisely. But I'll, disclaimer: not to put the brothers down because the sisters suffer from the same thing. A lot of times, we want our kids to just do what the hell we want them to do, right. and we don't talk to them. We don't we don't right. we don't communicate with them. We just we just talk at them, not with them. And we shouldn't really do that because they'll grow up talking at people and expecting people to talk at them. So we got to be careful with that. And it takes practice. And sometimes you feel like if you talk that way to them, they're still going to be tripping on you. But that's the best way to go. <laughs> Absolutely. And I'm glad that you mentioned that because I was I was just getting ready to ask you about. Uh, the importance of you know a a daughter experiencing you know that that good relationship that good bond with her father and how so do you believe definitely that it definitely affects our young ladies when they bec- you know when they start dating and and choosing a mate does that have an influence on the men that they are attracted to based off of their relationship with their father or lack thereof? You know, I've, I've counseled a lot of people, women, mm-hmm. men, men and women together. And, and one yeah. of the things I've almost always heard from women that grew up with a father is, mm-hmm. is that I want to pick a man that's similar to that. Right. If they had a good father, you know what I'm saying? Right. And my, right. my, my wife just told me today, she's like, your baby girl loves you to death. <laughs> No, really. She she just told me that we was waiting to pick her up from high school, and she she says she loves you to death. Yeah. And 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 I'm and 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 both of my girls do. You know, I got an older one, mm-hmm. and and but my younger one loves me to death. And and what I would say to that is is that brothers, you gotta be careful. I'm always cautioning people because there's always a sunny side up and there's always a rainy side down. Right. But you gotta be careful that you don't demonstrate behavior that you wouldn't want your daughter to pick from another man. Mm. You got to be careful. You know, and I know we're not perfect. I know we're not perfect, but you got to be careful that you're not conditioning your daughter to go out and pick men that you would disagree with because they will do it. The first first person we look for in another man is, is our father's. Right. Is that I, I want this if if your father got good qualities, you know right. I, I want this 
I want this guy to to be. Now the upside to that is is that my and my wife often says this about my daughter is is that uh, your your daughter will pick a man because, honey, you half thug, half scholar. <laughs> you know <what> I'm <laughs> half thug, half scholar, half loving, half half hatred. Hell, <laughs> I'm a lot of half. So, but that's a but <laughs> but that's a good thing because my right. my daughters will hopefully take those qualities and pick men that are in conjunction with that. Not mm-hmm. exactly like that. So right. and I and don't get me wrong, we've been talking about marriage to my daughter for years. You know, what mm-hmm. I mean she's only twelve years old, you know, so right. she I mean I'm sorry, she's sixteen years old, but we've been talking to her since she's about eleven, twelve, something like that. You know what I'm okay. saying? So Yeah. And and we gotta have those early conversations. I think that's the mistake that we make with our children, mm-hmm. especially our daughters, is that you know, especially our sons as well. We start the conversation too late. Absolutely. Absolutely. I hope I answered that. I hope I answered that question. You did. <laughs> you did in a fantastic way. And we got uh, one more question um, here from Karen uh, from Baltimore. Uh, Karen Hi, from Karen. Baltimore wanted to know why is it that we educate our young girls on because I, I actually dealt with this growing up too. Why do we dealt with educate our young girls on being abstinent, but with our boys, it's their rite of passage, so to speak, to have sex. Why the difference? And I wondered that as well. I used to wonder that when I was in middle school and in high school, you know, because I remember going to church, having my parents having, you know, different people, adults around me talk about the importance of being abstinent, the importance of being abstinent, whereas with boys, and most boys that I've talked to, who are young men now, talked about that they were, they never had that conversation on remaining abstinent. They just was told, you know, if you have sex, don't get anybody pregnant. Muhammad, why do you believe there's a difference in the way some people choose to promote abstinence on our young ladies but not when it comes to our young men boy these controversial questions well (laughs) (laughs) oh my god he's trying to get people out of my house I mean uh, (laughs) sitting outside my house uh, well (laughs) so this is this is this is what I think about that and and this is my Mm -hmm. experience with you is that my boys we talk to them Especially the older one, the twelve ones. So, you know, in mm-hmm. fact, my wife is that we got to beef up the conversation with, <laughs> when it comes to <laughs> when it because he, you know, he's feeling himself now. You know what I mean? Yeah. But the we talk to them about marriage and abstinence, and especially my daughter about staying abstinence until marriage, no sex until then. But our standards have evolved since we were children. And see, that's the problem with people that tell their children, if you're going to have sex, just don't get pregnant. They make sex an option. Now you might say, well, they're going to do it anyway, but the instruction can't be anyway. The instruction has to be, is no sex until married. If that's what you stand on, because you can confuse your kids. If you act like they can't have sex, then don't be telling them if you're going to have sex, 
use uh, use safe sex. No. Mm-hmm. And you might say, well, you got to tell them what to do. You are telling them what to do. Our family standard that we practice is no sex until married. And they might say, mm-hmm. well, Dad, because my wife, if you hear a story, she had my daughter when she was 15. Right. So my wife's story is is she had a, a child early. But the reality of it is is that our standards have to evolve past our past mistakes, and we can't make our children live our past mistakes by giving them instructions that are half-hearted, uh, for all intents and purposes, uh, defeating and confusing. If you want better, and I told my wife, and we tell our kids, they're like, well, Dad, you had us, you know, we were early and all that kind of stuff. Well, that's us. We don't want you to live <laughs> our failure. We right. want you to live the best of us. So right. I think it's part myth that if you're a person of standard that you tell your son that. Good men don't tell their sons that. Right. Don't, you know, for the brothers that do tell your sons that, you're only giving your son your past hurt and your past failure. Mm-hmm. Because you'd be surprised. The other thing I think is important Bianca, I, I got to say this, and I, I don't want to lose this opportunity to do so. Right. You gotta, you gotta create an environment that produces that type of thinking. Mm. A lot of times, if I'm if I'm a if I'm a a married man, then my son should only see me easing up on my wife. Right, right, right. They shouldn't see confusing messages from. How I act with other women interacting. You know, my daughter is funny because I, I and man, it's it's amazing that I me and my wife was just joking today. I was like, Listen, honey, if you die or something happened to you, this child here would be a guard <laughs> dog for me meeting other women. Seriously. <laughs> she would be a guard dog. Oh my God. Mm-hmm. See so but our family has been conditioned to protect right. us. Right. So the first thing you got to do, and I and, and anybody listen, you should write this down. Always put a guard standing post at your mind. Mm. Always, mm-hmm. always guard your mind from concepts that's going to defeat your children and you. Because if you don't, and that's one of those concepts that's defeating. I, when people I counsel people, I always I I, I attack that immediately. This is that if you're giving your kid that kind of option then what do you think they're going to do? Well, if I, if I don't tell them that, they'll figure the hell out. <laughs> so that's, it's a, where they say, they say what you focus on, you put the most energy into. So if we put more energy into abstinent, qualified, educated, intelligent concepts, mm-hmm. then we might produce children that actually believe in that. Right. But if you get my one of my teachers says when it comes to things like that, and he was talking about other things in your life where people lose commitment in it, he said, "Burn the boat, <laughs> burn the boats <laughs> of excuses, put all your excuses in the boat, and then burn them, so they can't get off the island, so they can't get off the island of commitment, and that's that's what we do with our children. They start making excuses about stuff, we burn the boats, we burn them, no, 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 no." My daughter, look now, one more thing, and I'm going to cut it at that. She Muslim. She go to a predominantly white school. She, if you see my daughter's body, it causes me headaches every time she go out the door. Oh, my God. 
I'm like, Lord have mercy. You know, and my wife always laughs. She's like, uh, she went to a dance the other day. She had on a beautiful uh, dress that my wife uh, bought her. I was like, I hope I don't have to go kill somebody at this school. I just don't. So <laughs> <laughs> you gotta you gotta be careful that your environment is not producing children that are doing the things that you are preaching to them that you don't want them to do. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Did I make that clear? Absolutely. 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 Fantastic answer, you guys. And, of course, uh, as you guys know, we are on with Muhammad Shakur this evening, you guys. Founder of uh, Father's Heart and Legacy. And, uh, man, I tell you, I have truly uh, enjoyed having you on the show tonight. Look, I, I knew I knew I was going to get a real raw uh, uh, from Muhammad because that's definitely what he delivers and he brings. <laughs> and so I'm always uh, respectful of that. And, uh, you know, I'm very thankful that you do what you do as far as being an educator, being a counselor, and um, starting um, a father's heart and legacy as well. Um, I think that it's one thing to say what we need to do, but it's another thing to do. You know, put some action behind that. Um, so I am very thankful uh, for you and uh, for the wife, uh, Miss Sheena, for allowing you to come on. <laughs> I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Uh, this evening as well. And so, um, and I know that um, you definitely speak um, at various places and so forth. So, Tell the folks out here how they can get in contact with you. Maybe they want you for a speaking engagement, or maybe they just mm. want to connect with you because he definitely shares some awesome stuff on his page as well. Um, let them know how they can contact you. Well, my number is 267. Let me get that first. 267-456-4001. You can always contact me at Father's Art and Legacy at that number. My email is fathers, that's F-A-T-H-E-R-S-H-L-E-C at gmail.com. You can always email me or contact me. I'm always answering my phone. And if I can't uh, answer your call, then you leave a message out. I'm, I'm, I've gotten so much better about returning people's calls. So um, so I try to do that. But And, and know that it's my pleasure. I always... First of all, I, I like to talk. <laughs> so I, I, sometimes to a fault. But I always want to go anywhere that I can share my experience and the victories and the failures that I've had about being a husband, a father to other people so they can be better than me, so they can grow, so they can lead lives that, are so fantastic, you know what I mean? And that's the thing with our people is that we have bought into the fact that we can't lead fantastic lives. Right. I mean, that's that's the biggest right. obstacle with educating people. They don't Absolutely. think they can have a fantastic life. And I mm-hmm. listen, I I got a I got a high school diploma. My wife got a high school diploma. Mm-hmm. I've been to, I went to college for a year. I don't think I I, I passed not one class. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and yet I be and yet I've become a vice president. I've worked for a millionaire as a, uh, a operations manager, and now I've become the CEO of my own company. I did mm-hmm. not let my limited secular education 
limit my passion and my dreams for life. And I don't suggest you do the same. Absolutely. Absolutely. Great. Great way uh, to end the show, you guys. And uh, once again, Muhammad, thank you so much uh, for coming on here and uh, sharing with our listeners as well as myself. And uh, I hope you'll come back again and, and chat with us. No doubt. No doubt. This has been wonderful. I was so excited. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm glad that you're excited. And uh, I knew that you would definitely uh, set a great tone for the show. So it's definitely been my pleasure uh, to have you on here. Uh, Make sure you guys uh, reach out and connect with uh, Muhammad Shakur as well, you guys. And so, Muhammad, I hope you have a great rest of your evening, and I'll definitely be talking with you again. Thank you, good sister. I appreciate it. Nothing but love on this side for you. You hear me? Absolutely. Thank you, and I'll talk with you soon. All right. Thanks for having me again. You're welcome. All right, you guys, that was Muhammad Shakur. He is the founder and CEO of Father's Heart and Legacy. Um, Make sure you guys uh, be on the lookout for him. Amazing, amazing, amazing um, speaker. And he drops um, some amazing jewels um, as well um, on social media. And big shouts out uh, to his wife. Sheena as well. Uh, she has an incredible movement, and she's constantly um, encouraging women, sisterhood, bond, support, business, and uh, she does some real estate as well. And so we're going to get uh, Gina back on here again uh, soon so she can talk to us um, about all the new great things she has going on as well, you guys. And so uh, with that said, folks, uh, we're going to get ready to get out of here, and uh, we got um, – Of course, more guests coming up for you guys uh, next week here on the Beautiful Butterfly Show. We're going to continue having awesome, awesome folks on here. And next Thursday, uh, we're going to have Robert White. He's going to come on, um, and he is actually – he goes and he reads and checks out um, people's books and their movies and their scripts and gives them awesome feedback. And so he's going to talk about the importance of that and why he has chosen this job as well. And so uh, be on the lookout for Robert White. That's next Thursday at 6.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And then uh, November 7th, we're going to continue to pick back up uh, with our ladies of the Self-Assured Women Movement and co-authors are going to be joining us, Michelle Garrett on November 7th and Sakima House on November 9th. And so we're going to continue uh, to have a great time with our awesome guests, you guys. And so I want to thank you guys so much uh, for continuing uh, to support the show and all that we do. And uh, to our amazing guests, uh, we appreciate um, you guys as well. Uh, to all of the callers that were on the line, wow, thank you so much for listening. I know that some folks are cooking, having dinner, traveling, but we're grateful that you took the time to stop by and listen to the broadcast this evening, you guys. So once again, a big thank you to Muhammad Shakur for coming on here um, and blessing us this evening. And so we're going to get ready to get out of here, folks, and I'll see you guys next week. Same time, same place. I am Bianca Fly. You guys have a great one. <laughs>